Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're gonna need each other. In the heat of the oh, night, right. we are having a fiesta. Are we? Okay. Yeah, it's the wrong a, song. I love Aqua, and I love that song. Okay. Yeah, it's not the song is not called "In the Heat of the Night." The song is called "Heat of the Night," but okay. I think it still works. Oh yeah. Okay. Is the wait is the line though "In the Heat of the Night"? Yeah, it okay. starts off with "In the Heat of the Night," but the they song. made okay. the song "Heat of the Night." Maybe not to confuse with, with the, the movie. original. Well, the original song as what well. Aqua's like big fans. Of Sidney Poitier. Maybe. Or Quincy Jones. <laughs> or Ray Charles. Of Norman Jewison. Yeah. There's a variety of people Aqua could be a fan of. There we go. Maybe just the movie itself. This is what we should really have a podcast I know, exactly. about. <laughs> Let's research. Let's, this is, you know. Give it a goof. Give it a, give it a goof and figure it out. Okay. Oh, meet though. But until we get to then, how's it going? I We're live. Live once again. We're in front of each and other. we will be for the next this three our, more weeks. our new shtick. Yeah. I'm into it. I really prefer this. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I mean... I did notice I was listening back on some of the episodes. Like yeah. the sound quality is not great. We it's need to not. That we out. need to figure that out. Yeah, and we will. And we won't until April. Yeah, because we're busy. <laughs> yeah, we're busy. But people. we're gonna figure it out. Like hopefully before episode two hundred. <laughs> but we'll figure it out because. But this is definitely easier. Yes, it's it easier, is. and I think we actually have better conversation. It's better conversation. Way. We're having chai. Yeah, we had cookies. I have three beverages in front of me yeah, right now. That's going to be real I'm hydrated. I'm like living a life. I love um, being hydrated. Excellent. Yeah. We are two weeks away from the Oscars at this point. Is it two yeah, weeks? Yeah. We're really getting close right now. No. Mitha's checking the cows. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> when does this episode air? This episode will be airing on, let me just pull it up, the 1st, March 1st. Okay. I have to live in the future. Yeah. So that means it's exactly 12 days away. Whoa. It's 12 days away. Okay, wow. I don't know how I feel. (laughs) Yeah, right? Crazy, right? Yeah. I finished all the best pictures. Yes, so have I. Yeah. So I have been talking about this for like a few weeks. I wanted to actively have a discussion about women talking with you. Mm -hmm. And you finally got around to seeing it, right? Mm -hmm. But before we do that, I just want to say my last movie was All Quiet on the Western Front. I finally finished it. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I... The cinematography is spectacular. That's a really... Interesting movie to watch. Beautifully like, lensed. Yeah. Beautifully lensed. And the score is really, like, innovative. And, like, there's so much. I do wonder, like, would I have liked it more if I had just seen the 1930s one? Exactly, right? Yeah. Which are you? do you prefer? Because I think I preferred the 30s one. Really? Yeah. I think the 31 drives its message a little harder. It's a little bit more on the nose. Yeah. In a good way, I'll say. Yes. Yeah. And I also feel like, I think the one thing I couldn't get away from with this version was, why was this made right now? Mm-hmm. I get that we have a war in Ukraine going on, but at the time the 1930s one came out, World War One had just ended, and there was probably heat of World War Two approaching. Mm-hmm. Like, this was probably, like, prime time for this film to come out yeah. in 1930. I just couldn't figure out why this... Especially because in that first one, like, the the message to me is, like, war is not a good option. Like, why are we putting ourselves through this? And so it's just interesting to me that Germany, specifically, that has always tried to... um, I don't want to say they're trying to, like, run away from their past. I think they accept it. They do. 
But I think they also want people to know that, that that's not them <laughs> anymore. Yeah, anymore. Would yeah. have this movie and then also not have that same sort of strong message of like, war is not that great. And I did also think that like, like, your, like to your point about driving at home about war, I thought the in the 1930s when the progression of like them being so excited and slowly realizing how bad it was. Yeah. You saw that a little bit more. Here, you kind of dumped into, into how awful it. it is. But there were things like that opening scene of like seeing the dead body and then the transition of that outfit then going on to another person. Mm-hmm. That was... That's pretty good. That was pretty, was pretty amazing. Good. There's some... Yeah. yeah there's some, I get the nomination. I completely For get the nomination. Yeah. Both foreign picture and I completely get it. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, um, we'll see next week where it ranks maybe for us. Yeah. Next week we're going to rank. But Mita, and before we, before we talk about that and before we talk about the heat, let's talk about some women. Are they talking? Are they talking? <laughs> Nadine, the you, women are they're talking. They're talking, right? Yes. Do you see why I wanted to talk about this? I think so. I'm okay. kind of nervous. Why? I'm worried. Because you're a woman talking? Because I'm a woman talking, which obviously for any time makes me yeah. nervous. <laughs> But I'm like, I don't know what your point of view is. And I think it's going to be, I'm worried it might be like the complete opposite of how I'm feeling about this film. Oh, fascinating. Okay. I saw it before. Yeah. I will, I should give my opinion first. Okay. (laughs) Unless you want to give your opinion first. We'll do a back and forth. Sure. I'll see if I need to counterpoint. Let me hear your opinion first before I. I saw women talking. Yeah. And I was quite underwhelmed. Okay. Overall was my stance. Mm -hmm. I thought the acting was great. And I've had this discussion with a few people actually since. Not you, because I wanted to have this with you. I couldn't help but wonder. Okay, Carrie. The Carrie Bradshaw of it all. This is a a horrific moment. Mm -hmm. Like, I know it's based on like a a true situation that happened and all of that. But let's take the writing that was fictionalized of it for what it is. It's a horrific moment. I couldn't help but think that the women were the least interesting people to hear about this from at this moment in time. In that, bear with me. Yeah. We're talking about whether these women are going to, what their choices. And I get the movies about women autonomy and choice, blah, 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 blah. But these women who have gone through this horrific incident, I couldn't help but think that, like, wouldn't the more interesting story be the incident itself or what happens to them after or the men's perspective? This is kind of like, of course, you're meant, of course, what they went through is awful. Mm -hmm. Of course, what they experienced is awful. And of course, you're meant to, you're meant to sit there and question like, they have, they have choice, but do they have choice? It's kind of like question that she's asking. Like, they have choice, but look at their choices. Mm -hmm. I, the whole time I was watching and it felt really like, it felt very controversial to think, but I was just like, you know what I want to hear is I want to have a room, that same room full of men, and the men who want to justify what they did, who want to understand what they did, who want, want to the, condemn. Like, counterpoint. Like, why did you do it? Okay. We, kn- all, we know these women think this was awful. We think it's awful, too, as audience, but aren't you interested to know what the, like, what d- happened there? No, because. Okay, continue, yeah. <laughs> Me what, your specific, yeah. well, okay. Me specifically to 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 your point of like wanting to understand the men's perspective. I've watched a lot of like documentaries about people in those types of mm-hmm. communities, and it really just comes down to men think they have this authority over women. They have 
that they have the choice to do mm-hmm. what they want with a woman's body, even though they know that drugging them is bad, they know that the action of rape is bad, it's what they want in the situation, and they are allowed to have that. I don't need to hear men discussing that in a religious form. But I'm not just saying discussing it like why they think it's okay, fine. One or two of those men is not going to be okay with it. One or two of those men is going to be like, what gives you the right? have that with the Ben Winshaw character. I don't think so. He doesn't speak up about it, but you can understand his point of view. He knows it's wrong, which is why the woman feels safe with him there. Like, yeah, they know for sure. They know, they know where he's come. He's also educated, mm-hmm. which is a big part of what they're trying to say. The other thing I couldn't help but think, because I had seen 12 Angry Men for the first time weeks ago, yeah. how another movie about a room full of people talking was just, just more riveting. I do agree 12 Angry Men is more of an interesting movie. Yeah. I was underwhelmed watching it. Mm-hmm. I was like, it didn't feel tedious, but it didn't feel exciting no. to me. But it has stuck with me days since. Okay. I'm going back and I'm thinking about a lot of things I saw. I guess overall, overall, there are like a few things that stand out to me, which is like the color grading. Yeah. Because I actually think having the juxtaposition of like a green acre and like lively trees and sun oh, yeah, exactly. would help this movie so yeah. much more. Because you have that juxtaposition of them going through something horrific, but living in this like yes. beautiful land. The words in this movie, like these women specifically, they tell you they don't know how to read or write. Why are they such eloquent yeah, speakers? exactly. Like I don't, I haven't read the source material, no. so I don't know what that's about. But like there are parts of it where I'm hearing them talk. I'm like, okay, that's Bible talk. Like yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes sense to me. But then there's some part I'm like, where did you learn that word? How do you know? How yeah. do you come up with these concepts on your own when you haven't even been taught to read? The Rooney Mara character especially because... <laughs> She is the most well-rounded of all the women mm-hmm. in this movie. And then there's literally a scene of her trying to figure out what a word is. Yeah. Like, that kind of confused it's me. It's jarring. In itself. But I think the thing that I did appreciate from it was it wasn't just women bashing men the no, entire absolutely. time. And a lesser movie would be that. Like, they opened up the doors to that Ben Winshaw character, but also all the boys that are surrounding them there's a big conversation of do we take the boys if we take the boys what age group do we take do we take the older ones can they be you know trusted trusted around us can they also like they've grown up around these men they probably have their own ideals and beliefs there it's already ingrained in them can we reverse that and they don't rely on themselves. They ask Ben Winshaw's character, do you think we can change yeah. them? Do you think, like, if we have them with us, it'll be okay? And he speaks up for the boys. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate that out of it. But, like, I've been thinking about it for days since. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot about those women. I don't think Jesse Buckley was the right choice. For that role? For that role. I thought she was excellent, though. Jesse Buckley <laughs> and Claire Foy. Claire Foy is, like, ta- she's the standout to me. She has the most to work with, though. That's the other thing. Her yeah. source material, she'd have to be a shitty actress not even to be able to deliver that. Yeah. Yeah. But she's the standout yeah. for me. So if anyone... I get why none of them were nominated because yeah. there isn't a real, like, standout no. performance. Claire Foy is the one that, like, if you're going to pick one of them, that's the one I would choose. And she has the more, like, Oscar moments yeah. in there. Jesse Buckley was, like, underwhelming to me. And the other thing that's just, like, really sticking with me that I don't quite understand, but which is why I kind of like this movie, because it's at least making me think, is, like, why did it get 
to this point? Where is all this vitriol, especially from Claire Foy's character? Where is all this anger coming? Like, you clearly knew this has been happening Well, the moment your years. daughter was raped, why wasn't that the moment, moment. that you were let... Yeah. And I'm not just saying that, like, her responsibility, your child is attacked, you should have done something about it. I'm saying you had that anger, anger. about it. So why didn't you do something with that anger? Where did this anger just suddenly arise from? Like, were you okay thinking it was demons this whole time? You must have known that. And her character is smarter than that. Yeah. She is one of the smartest people in that room. Same with Rooney Mara. Same with Rooney Mara. So when when Claire Foy recognizes her daughter has been raped, her four-year-old daughter, and you know, it's obviously like heartbreaking and you understand her frustration and anger but when she realizes that's happened whenever it's happened why wasn't she like no mm-hmm. something is going on here i think the uh, the the defense for this would be like they didn't know until the girls found the boy running from their house I, but, but i don't buy that person exactly yeah. the way she is so it's almost i mean okay now i'm making it's almost like maybe she did know all along but now she does have the proof and so maybe that's why it triggered. But I feel like, I don't know, I I guess it's a hard critique because I would feel like women who do grow up, grow up in this kind of like a community mm-hmm. in this type of colony, I feel like they would be one dimensional. And so it almost makes sense, doesn't make sense to me that like these are well-rounded Yes, I was characters. just gonna, I thought you were going to say something else. And I was just like, okay, but then why are they so well-rounded? <laughs> are, yeah, that's and, what I'm like, huh. And they would be one dimensional <laughs> The way Frances McDormand is one-dimensional. One-dimensional. Like, the way... But, that... no, there's some... I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in her and, like, what... I'm also interested in her. You can't have two lines be Frances McDormand and leave. <laughs> like, bounce. you can't just do that. Because I also... I want to know what happens there. Yeah. Her daughter... Is this only woman left on this planet? Like, what's going to happen to her? Is she the only one? We don't know. Because we didn't I mean, see it everybody We're left. meant to assume, though. Yeah. That she's... Also, be... spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It's nominated for Best Picture. And I I do get the nom. Mm. I get it. You don't get it? I wasn't underwhelmed. I don't know, to be quite honest. I think, obviously, I would prefer RRR <laughs> yeah. over Women Talking. Yeah. But it's it's a good movie. It's a good introspect into that. Something I would have never seen before. But I had I walked away from that movie kind of knowing all of that. And I don't, not to sound like, oh, I know everything. <laughs> That's not it. But like. The I, idea that rape is bad. That, but even if you had something that was so like visible of like them being hurt, that's still the same notion that rape is bad. At least here we got like what, some sort of a conversation. But that's what I'm trying to say is that like the perspective of the men, this, this notion that like rape is bad, you need someone there to be like, I don't think I did anything wrong to kind of jumpstart that like conversation of no you did but it's god's will is it god's will like do you know what i mean like i'm having a conversation with myself that to me at least is starting to seem more interesting than this notion that like rape is bad Mm -hmm. drugging women is bad women not having autonomy is bad but you're not you're also not telling me anything as an audience member as the person who's going to see this anything i don't know because i don't know about your viewing my viewing predominantly white women older white women yeah no that mine were men really (laughs) yeah there was more men in there than there well that's interesting yeah there weren't that many of us i think there was like six people total but it, it was like four guys at least but also those men who are going to it probably know Yes. Do you know what I mean? But like, do I need to hear another incel? Like, do I need to hear another but, excuse for that? But I, I don't think 
I'm not saying that you need to hear the excuse to excuse it. I'm saying you need to hear the excuse to hear the counter, counter argument. But like the people the ex- that know it's bad also know why men do it. I think we know why men rape. I don't think there's a new thought that's like, this is why I do but this. E- but even that, like, I don't know. Something about this just felt very, like, I didn't walk away moved or, like, I didn't feel, I didn't, the, even yeah. even how, like, All Quiet on the Western Front had me, like, the way some of that is directed and the way some of that is, that beginning sequence with the jacket, it makes you, you know that, fine. But, but in, then to see it in practice, you're like, oh, that's gross. That's really, really sad. In this, though, you do have this new perspective of women who allowed it to happen for so long for a very specific reason because of how they grew up in their religion. This is what they were told. They were told that there was demons. That was new to me. Mm. I've never seen someone up front or like someone like the Rooney Mara character Mm -hmm. be like, I thought this was God's will. I'm pregnant with this person's, sorry, spoiler alert, (laughs) pregnant with this person's child. And to have such a well-rounded idea of like what had happened to her. Mm. I haven't seen that. I have seen a man say like, it's my right. If I want to bear a child with this woman, I should do it. See, there's this Indian movie called Madhrupumi. Okay. Uh, there's some English translation to it. Now, I'll send you the name. It's about the near future in India where because of female infanticide, there are no women left in India. Oh. And then suddenly this family of like seven boys mm-hmm. finds that there's one woman left oh, no. and they all marry her. And like what, how that transpires. So yes, I have seen that. I have seen this story in like other forms and like better. Okay. Like I see, like I've seen that version. I've seen a version of this somewhere else. And I don't know. It just, the whole thing felt very, I think I was really disappointed because I was, I was looking forward to women talking from like a long time ago because it mm-hmm. just felt, I thought it would be very interesting. Oh, the other thing was, this felt like a stage play. Yeah, it did. Like completely yeah. a stage play. Yeah. The way it's directed, the way it's staged, I'm like, why don't you just write this as a play? It would probably make a riveting play. Probably. I think I it would, would make watch a that play. better play than a movie. Yeah. Maybe Sarah Polly didn't ever, maybe she, has she written plays? I don't know. I don't I'm know. I'm trying to think before I speak, <laughs> but. Sarah Polly for me is hit and miss, I'll say. Yeah. And she's Canadian. God bless her. What did you rate it? Three? I did three and a half. Okay. Yeah. That sounds about right. (laughs) I wanted it to be a four. I wanted it to be four too. Yeah. There are some misses there. For me. But I also have not seen a lot of movies like this be nominated for an Oscar before. Sure. (laughs) What have you seen that? No, nothing. Like I haven't. I'm not saying that, but like I also haven't seen something like RR nominated. That's true. And that's important for different reasons. And in terms of filmmaking, I think that's... A, is a that the movie. best that India can give us? No, definitely not. Yeah. That's, and that's that's the thing. It's mm-hmm. not the best India can give you. But, and I think we can... I think there are still stories about women, women who've been abused, all of that, better stories to come to. Yeah. I don't think this will... Well, like, Gungubai would have been better than RRR and women talking. Women talking. Because yeah. I think that actually says something about, you know, autonomy and like raped, ownership. Yeah. yeah. And has some more powerful imagery and dialogue and, you know, all of that. Mm. <sighs> That's such a heated conversation. Like it's the heat of the night. <laughs> what a transition. <laughs> you know, I, was, I thought you'd catch on to it. No, I didn't. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Good so, job. Mita, what did we watch this week? Um, this week we watched In the Heat of the Night. Yes, look at that. Can you believe it? I know. Did you have I a can. fiesta? I didn't. Oh. 
for a variety of reasons. Mm. But before we go into what we thought about this film, let me give you a quick IMDb disco. A black Philadelphia police detective is mistakenly suspected of a local murder while passing through a racially hostile Mississippi town, and after being cleared, is reluctantly asked by police chief to investigate the case. That is a very long-winded logline, but also exactly what this movie is about. To the point. (laughs) To the point. It's long, but to the point. Yeah. You've never seen this. I have never okay, seen this. So then I, I had seen this. Yes. So I have seen this. Yes. And I saw the movie we're watching in two weeks. Okay. Midnight Cowboy in yes. a very similar time frame. Oh, interesting. And I know you haven't seen either of those. Yeah. So let's start here. Okay. With your thoughts on In the Heat of the Night. I watched In the Heat of the Night and I thought to myself, what a 70s movie yeah. in 1967. Yeah. No. No. 67. 67. Yeah. 1960. This feels like what I know 70s movies to be like. It's very gritty. It's very personable. And I think it's like it set the tone for what was to come. Like what we're going to get into in our next decade, which is in a couple episodes. Yeah. Yeah. But so what did you think think of it? (laughs) I actually really liked it. Okay. I did enjoy it. I, you know me, I love a murder mystery. Oh, yeah. And this at the core is a murder, murder mystery. mystery yeah. But it's also surrounded by, like, the grit and yeah. the, the, like, the horror of yeah. racism, racism yeah. in the South. Yeah. Which, this does it in a really interesting way. Yeah. I think up to the point, up to, well, actually, we haven't watched anything that's really co- covered racism not even kind of not even kind of and sometimes and like okay i've gotta be careful with what i say here but (laughs) don't be just say it i'm gonna say it (laughs) just like how you know rape is bad you also know racism is. i know racism is bad and there are a lot of movies that teach you about that 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 cover a particular point period of time when slavery was at its biggest point um, and it's in the South and it's on the plantations. This movie shows you a whole new perspective and Mm -hmm. dimension of what it was like during a specific period of time that we don't get to see often Mm -hmm. and is a much more, and pardon this word, it's a much more enjoyable experience. I get what you're saying, yeah. You do know, like, there's a levity to, like, seeing Tibbs have to deal with this stuff than there is when you have to see, like, 12 Years a Slave. <laughs> Which very, very we will different. get there. <laughs> exactly. But again, a movie about... Yeah, a movie about slavery. A yeah. Best Picture winner about yeah. racism, racism and slavery in that. And I found this, like, I found I hate saying this, that's, like, the most refreshing racism I've seen. But I get what you're saying, <laughs> Do you know too. what I mean? Because it's not really trying to be, like... Look, I watched this at a time when racism didn't exist. (laughs) No, you can't say that. I remember watching this thinking like, wow, the 70s, 60s and 70s were such a bad time for racism. I'm so glad it's not that way anymore. 
And this time, as a grown-ass adult, when I watched it, I was just like, wow, it's upsetting how accurate this movie still is in, like, 2023. Can you please specify you meant, like, you were younger and was just, like... Oh, yeah, I was dumb. Blind to like, racism. I was okay. totally blind Guys, to, like... people know. The yeah. team knows. I know. I'm just saying at the time... At, at the, the time, time... When you're younger, you're just like, that doesn't happen. That, because yeah. also, as people of color, yeah. I think we should remind yeah. our I'm brown, by the way. We're both <laughs> brown. Visibly brown. We're both brown. Yeah. As people of color and in Canada, yeah. like, I didn't experience too much racism too much, growing yeah. up. When 9-11 occurred, yes, like, there would did, be, yeah. like, little comments here and there, but nothing to the point of, like, being bullied or... No, I was never bullied for the color of my skin. Exactly. And I think it... Uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to speak for you, but I feel like the things that we probably experienced were more microaggressions. Exactly, yes. That I only have now started that to That I now as an adult realize, oh. Well, that was a little <laughs> aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, when I watched it originally, when racism wasn't around, yes, for I, you, for, well, in general, <laughs> I was take. I didn't. I don't think that was the focus of it for me. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, oh, this is about you know this black cop in this mm-hmm. very white racist town, but it's really about the murder mystery. And now as oh! an adult, I'm watching. I was young, and like when we talk about Midnight Cowboy, you'll see how dumb how I young was. you yeah. were. Okay, how young I was. <laughs> And how, like, certain movies are just not meant... You're not meant to watch them. Okay, yeah. I remember... I'll tell you this story, and I'll tell it again Wait, when we watch it. Wait, can you specify how old you were? I was early 20s. Okay. I wasn't, like, 16. Okay. But I was in a place where... Can you... Early 20s for you is what? Like, early 2000s? No, wait. That's not right. Mid-2000s. No, Mid-2000s. Mid-2000s. Yeah. Okay. I mean that in a way that, like, I, there was a time in my life where I was trying to watch more of these, like, older, well-known movies. And I'd never seen something with Sidney Poitier. Mm-hmm. And I heard this was a murder mystery. And I was just like, right. So I think, I also think through osmosis, I like, when you read that log line and you're like, oh, it's about a black cop in Mississippi. You're like, okay, it's about racism. And then you kind of just, like, sidestep it mm-hmm. rather than watch the racism. You're kind of just like, okay, this is what this is about. Mm-hmm. Let me see the mystery now yeah do you know what i mean yeah like it's not you're not focusing on that's the not what that's the, not what the movie's yeah. about and i think when i watch it now my perspective has changed okay because my perspective has changed but also when i watch it now i'm like okay this is obvious as well like i get your movie is yeah. more about race and racism and also there's a murder mystery kind of built in there and it's kind of about both of them but i think my my the way i feel about it now is also different mm. and I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain because like when I was young. When you were young, how did you feel about the movie? I thought it was good. Okay. When you're now. Yeah. <laughs> you're still young. You're just not as young. Yeah. When you're this young, how do you feel about it? I think it's good. Okay. <laughs> so it's the same but different. Yeah. Okay. No, like, I get that. I thought that. it was good. There's I... more of a maturity to you now. Yeah. So like you can appreciate Look, the points made. when I watch it now, yeah. I see the racism, but I also recognize the first half is spectacular and the second half is a letdown. Yes. That's my thing. Yeah. That's what I see. There's a point where it drops off and like, you lose significantly. interest. Significantly. Because I, wa- I feel like the first half does focus on the racism. The second half focuses on the mystery. Yeah. And the mystery is not that great no, of a mystery. it's not. But that's also what real murders are probably like. Real murders are not these like great grand mysteries that we want to solve. It's not all knives out out there. Like it's pretty... <laughs> Some of it could be Chinatown. Yeah, but that's also that. Uh, that's also really extreme in no, like it, what it, what is revealed. I don't want to spoil Chinatown no. for anyone. We'll, we'll talk Even about Chinatown. We did already. We did an episode. <laughs> yeah. on. I'm just saying. I feel like this was. I feel like this tries to do a few things, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. 
necessarily do any of them particularly greatly. Okay. It just does everything nicely. Yeah, that's It's a fair. nice mystery. It's a nice movie about racism. It's a nice Sydney Poitier. It's... Yeah. Nice. It's also it's, a take that I think audiences wouldn't have ever seen at the up time, until this point. Which is probably why it won. Because watching this, I was like, oh, this is why Black Klansman is such a great movie to me. Yeah. I think Spike takes a lot from this yeah. and makes it better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get why this won. Yes. We, like you mentioned, we have not seen anything even anything. remotely like this. This is the first time we're seeing a main black character. We've seen blackface. We've of, seen blackface yeah. and we've seen Manny in Gone, Gone with, with the, the Wind, Wind as characters. Yeah. That's it. This is the first time that he's a leading character black in this. leading man. That is about his blackness. It's not just, it's not blind. He's just not there. He's just not there. Yeah. So I get why this was probably incredibly influential at the time. And revolutionary. Yeah. And rightfully so. I think when you watch it now... It feels a little bland. It's hard to see it as a standout. Yeah. When we have had movies since then. Not enough, but we have had movies since then. What else was... I wrote down. What else was nominated? Yeah, let's take a look at that. Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. The original Dr. Doolittle. Yes. Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Another Sydney Poitier. Another Sydney Poitier. Another movie about race. Yep. And then The Graduate. Oh, Interesting. This is a very fascinating list. We have watched Bonnie and Clyde, and we, we will both say that I don't no, think it lives up to its hype. No, no. Um, I don't. I think that has clout for like no reason. No reason. Yeah, I have never seen Doctor Doolittle. Neither have I. I haven't seen Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. I have seen parts of okay. Guess Who's Coming to Dinner when I was younger. So yes. really, there I should not talk yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's The Graduate. The Graduate I have seen. Yes. And I really enjoyed The Graduate. Yes. And part of me feels like The Graduate is the better film, the better film in, in this race. And when I look, but I get this win. I get it. I get it. And in the history of it, I, I'm glad it won. Yes. As a film goer and a film critique, The Graduate is the better film. Better film. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Who directed The Graduate? Mike Nichols. Nichols. <laughs> I made you say it. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's the better film. But you know what? In the Heat of the Night was directed by a Canadian, so... Norman Jewison, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Normie. The other thing I will say is that there's something very Perry Mason about this. <gasps> yeah. In like a nice way, I but love also... Perry Mason. Please don't trash talk. No, but I mean made for TV. <laughs> yes, well, they're actually... So, okay. <laughs> I yes. kept... I thought... Um, I'm forgetting the actor's name, but he's from All in the Family... Oh. Archie Bunker? Yes. What's his name? Carol something. Carol O'Connor. Carol. I thought Carol O'Connor was in In the Heat of the Night. No. I thought he was the cop. It's just his um, doppelganger. It's his doppelganger, but Carol O'Connor is in a like TV version of yeah. In the Heat of the Night later on. So I wasn't like entirely wrong in thinking that. Oh, that ran for 146 episodes from 1988 to 1995. Whoa. People, people love a cop. Oh, buddy cops? Buddy cops yeah. and a mystery and like a, a crime yeah. solving television show. Like my dad loves Perry Mason. Yeah. And a few years ago, I gifted him like the entire Perry Mason series on DVD. Mm -hmm. He has watched it 
front to back twice. Nice. And then he, at the second viewing he was having, he realized there were TV movies that he maybe had never seen yeah. before. So we got those on DVD and he has watched those as well. <laughs> like it's so, Perry Mason to me just has a lot of like. No, nice and I, I, I don't yeah. mean, I don't mean it even in the pejorative way. Like my mom used to love Perry Mason. I remember watching Perry Mason with my family because yeah. it was like, he was a very approachable murder. Yeah. Like, that's what it was. And that's kind of what you want yeah, in a murder is. TV show. From, again, from a filmmaking perspective, it's a little pedestrian. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't need to be high art because it hits a different But it follows, note. like, a recipe. It's like yes, the law and order. Exactly. Like, it has it, it. You know, you know what the crime is. Perry, like, thinks he's figured it out. While they're in court, he finds some, like... Stunning thing, and then bing, bang, boom, boom, it's done. Exactly. On to the next one. On to the next one. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And cool. It like, doesn't need to be no, anything else. No, it doesn't else. need to be it like absolutely extraordinary. Doesn't. And I think we're okay with that. But I'm just saying, this does need to be extraordinary. It needs, is that, yeah. yeah. That's my stance. As a film, I again, I recognize the race. I recognize Sidney Poitier. I recognize we have gone through how many years mm. at this point? From 1929 to 1967? And not had a movie about race or about black people. This is important. As you say that, like, we're saying in 2023, this needs to be extraordinary. In 1967, this was extraordinary. That's fair. That's fair. This was probably like, whoa, I've never seen a black man on. This movie, I think I read in the IMDb <laughs> trivia, but I don't remember because I watched it a week ago. <laughs> um, is the first film to, like, correctly light Sidney Poitier yeah. on the camera yeah, yeah, yeah. that didn't have it like that is that's important. revolutionary yeah, that's revolutionary yeah you know it's still revolutionary and still relevant though? the graduate yeah yeah there's a whole song that movie is still <laughs> relevant to young people it still speaks to that a, a, a generation of, of oh, like yeah a lot of the I've been watching a lot of Bollywood movies yeah, yeah. lately and like the idea of like men facing marriage yeah comes across so often and it makes me think about the graduate and that la- the last scene of the graduate stands out to me i don't remember the last scene of in the heat of the night at the train station no he says take care of yourself but i guess that's to say though like does every best picture because we've been seeing there are a lot of best pictures that are really great like tom jones mm-hmm. and um gentlemen's agreement that don't have these like lasting periods on history oh gentlemen's agreement was about race but in a different in a different yeah right well, it was it was about anti-semitism a, yes <laughs> not about Jewish race yeah race, yeah, right? yeah. Okay. we won't get into that well, it was about discrimination <laughs> yes yeah yeah but like those movies if i say that to the person on the street like okay in the heat of the night, maybe not just like some regular person yeah. on the street. But if I went to my dad and I said, I saw a gentleman's agreement, he didn't know what that no, was. No, for sure. Yeah. But when I said, oh, I'm watching In the Heat of the Night, oh, I'll watch with you. And we yeah. watched it together. Yeah. You know? So I think you can have it both ways. I think you can have these sort of like non-spectacular Best Picture winners and ones that still last. No, for sure. I mean, in a hundred movies, you're going to have some that are just like <laughs> complete, like forgettable. And then you're going to have Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. Like it's inevitable in that i think it's very interesting that we went from my fair lady Mm. sound of music and previously a few like we went west side story tom jones my fair lady sound of music in the heat of the night lawrence of arabia lawrence of arabia somewhere (laughs) in there we're going to oliver next week this is such a it's setting us up for what's to come is it because we were watching oliver next week that's still 60s. I'm thinking when we hit 70, mm. what are the... Even when we hit 69, 
What is yeah. 69 to 80 looking like for us? I mean, true, but... And it's more grounded filmmaking. <laughs> but you also have things like Taxi Driver that don't win. And Taxi Driver to me is the definition of the 70s. Mm-hmm. And the definition of like that style of filmmaking, that avant-garde, independent, like pushing the boundaries. All Yes, fine. But this sets the tone for cinema in total. In general to do because, that, Because like, yeah. think about Dog Day Afternoon. It's the same thing. Yeah. Like, that is a great film. Is that, that- also Norman Jewison? No, Dog Day, Sydney Lumet. Sydney Lumet. But like that sets the tone for what the next decade is going to have. Uh, that not all of those movies are going to be your best picture winner. There's not. No. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. But also, it sets a tone for an entire decade of film. Doesn't The Graduate also set that tone? Yes, uh, but there. I feel like I'm more attracted to the. Well, also, I just watched In the Heat of the Night. I haven't watched The Graduate in a long yeah. time. But The Grit. And, like, how grounded this is and also, like, a lot of the shots in this yeah. are very similar. So I think, like, it's so interesting that 67 has those two movies and then when we get to 68, it's yeah. very different. It's a yeah. very different year. <laughs> it's it's so fascinating, year. right? Yeah. Because the other thing I will say is that I'm making, the, I clearly am saying I prefer The Graduate to this. Yes. If The Graduate had won, we would be sitting here having this conversation about how the movie about the black man should have won <laughs> because it was yeah. about the black man and blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. we absolutely would be saying that. Mm-hmm. So maybe there is a little bit of. I think you can have years where you have two really strong front runners. Yeah. And oh, then, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, No Country for Old Men, there will be blood. Blood. Like yeah. how do you choose between them? Yeah. Well, I. I choose correctly, but <laughs> I mean I do too. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a margin. It is it's a very sh- small margin. Yeah, is this a small? I margin? think that that will happen, and it's interesting to see like what did the Academy lean towards, and I'm glad that they went towards this. Yeah, this I think makes up. It doesn't make up for it because there's a lot of years where they just no, but it's nice to worse. see. It is nice to see. But what isn't nice to see is that he's not even nominated for best actor. Though. He's not that great, Mita. But. He's not that great. Miss, can you say that, Mr. Tisline? It's really hard. Oh, it is. I've <laughs> been practicing. He's not that great. And he's a good actor. Yeah. I've seen Sidney Poitier, like, he's, he's, I can, I can understand why he didn't get nominated. Okay. Because it's not a nuanced performance. Mm-hmm. It's a fine performance. But, like, aside from They Call Me Mr. Tibbs. Is there anything else you remember? You don't even think a nomination is worthy? Can Maybe. we look at who was nominated for Best Actor? Because yeah. I know who doesn't win and it disappoints me. Dustin. Dustin didn't win? No. Oh, yeah. See there. The the cop in this. I'm forgetting his name. He won. Rod Steiger won. But Best Actor. Yes. But you don't think Sidney Poitier would have been... Nom- better? No, no, no. You don't think he would have been nominated for Best Actor? And do you, I actually think Sidney Poitier is better in this than Rod Steiger is. Is that just because he's black? No. I think there is something much, maybe because he is black, that he is a much more compelling character. Because he's... Maybe. Yeah. But I think that that's allowed. Like, sorry, Rod Steiger can't play this character. But I don't think Sidney Poitier (laughs) could have played his. You don't think he could be like a bumbling cop? I've well, never seen Sydney Poitier. In this specific it. scenario, it's hard because yeah, exactly. Yeah, cop exactly. when you are. So you know who tried to do that is <laughs> Tina Fey, and she was almost canceled for it. So yeah. <laughs> can't do no. that. This particular scenario doesn't it doesn't work to do that yeah. switch. 
I don't know. I think that conversation is a big one about looking past. We do this often, and the 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 TikTok of it all does it very often before TikTok was even a thing. Mm-hmm. About looking at the black nominees and saying, you know, there are so many other black performances that could have been nominated. Mm-hmm. Sure, amongst the black not performances, maybe. But do those black performances compare to everybody else too? I think it's hard when in the industry, a lot of the black performances can only be played by a black person. And then black colored people don't get the opportunities. Like Michelle Yeoh, for mm-hmm. instance. Michelle Yeoh could have been Nicole Kidman's character in Moulin Rouge. She didn't need to be like a white girl. No, for sure. Yeah. Especially in a Bob Lerman movie. Yeah. You don't need to be yeah. a white girl. Like those but opportunities it might have been nice are not. That she was Australian. Yes. <laughs> Did you know that Kate Hudson was like pretty close to getting that? Really? And then Bob Lerman has this relationship with Nicole Kidman, and he decides to go. Originally, it was written as like a younger woman, oh, and then he decides. I'm to glad go Nicole, Nicole got that. Yeah, me it's, too. She kills it. Yeah, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like those opportunities are never afforded to people of color, and so when we talk about this, like I'm sure, like. I wonder, could Sidney Poitier do something like Dustin Hoffman did in The Graduate? He yeah. would never get the chance to do that. No, I mean, no, for sure, because that is a different movie. But And it could be done, though. And it could be done, for yeah. sure. But, and that is a different movie, especially at that time, especially because The Graduate is a very white movie. Mm-hmm. About themes and issues that are pertinent to everybody, but super white film. Yeah. When you watch, when you watch The Women King, for instance, mm-hmm. I have not seen The Women King. We've both seen all five nominees for Best Picture, this for Best Actress. Mm-hmm. Does Viola Davis compare? And I've asked this to you before, and you've never been able to properly answer it. <laughs> she's Viola Davis. That's the problem. It's so hard, because she's going to be good in anything yeah, she does. Yeah, absolutely. But is she... I, I, can't, I don't think she's a front runner in that category. Yeah. It's not like she's... All four of... All five of those women... Fine. Michelle Yeoh and Kate Blanchett, take them out because they're guaranteed nominees. But... Leslie, <laughs> Anna Darmus, and why am I forgetting? Yeah, Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams. Yeah, because it's that. That. <laughs> That's why you're forgetting. Yeah. I feel like add Viola Davis to the mix, and it could be any four of those nominees. But why are you crying foul when it might not be the? Def- it's not like Viola Davis and De- Viola Davis and Doubt got a nomination for an eight-minute performance. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yeah. Right? She won for Fences in an okay film, mm-hmm. a good performance by an excellent actress. Mm-hmm. She didn't win for The Help, even though she could have. But I'm saying those are warranted. It, like, did she need it for this? I don't think she needs it. And that's not the performance that... Uh, sorry, I haven't been championing like it should have been. No, I'm not, okay. I'm not saying you should have been. I'm not saying you should have been. <laughs> yeah. But there are people, people that are... People who do think yes. that like she should have gotten it. Yeah. It's not... The, it, it's what's expected of Viola yeah. Davis and by no means is like her best performance to date. What she does with her like body and physicality is like really great, yeah. but it's not her greatest. It's yeah. not Viola at the top of her. Would, it, would you even say compared to someone like arguably Michelle Williams, who is the five of the like number five of those that list of women? Is she better or worse than her? I think Viola Davis is better than, than Michelle, Michelle Williams. Williams. Okay. 
there's much more of a physicality in what like Viola Davis does in The Woman mm-hmm. King. Also, the character itself is just, it's just more, more interesting. Yeah. Like the character Michelle Williams has in The Fable Women's is interesting, but it's really it's the screenplay that doesn't let her shine. Like I think she could do. Yeah, so I think much Michelle more. Williams is capable. She's We've so capable, yeah. but like it's just it feels it's not a lackluster performance, but the role is lackluster. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. In a, what we thought was a lackluster Lackluster movie. Yeah. Like was an okay movie. Was an okay movie. Yeah. I don't know. I always have a very, you know, interesting conversation because what, what, what I see is generally like Brian Tyree Henry mm-hmm. is good yeah. in a very average film. Yeah. Happy to be there. Yeah. You know? And but like I think this this year particularly for best supporting actor there wasn't like exactly. a large amount of night. I'm from. happy a black man got in. Yeah. But like you also have to earn that spot. Mm-hmm. It can't just be because you're black, black. and you give a half average no. performance no, it that you should be in that place. Yeah. Sequel prequel ideas. <laughs> um I think that there are actually Yeah, there are. Yeah. yeah. There's like, there's a few movies a with few him, movies, right? And then I'm series, not gonna yeah. watch any of no. them. Because I don't find that it's compelling enough for me to, like, want to follow along. Mm-hmm. It's not a Benoit Blanc, if you will. Ooh, okay. Yes. Take with that what you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you might call me racist. I don't think Virgil Tobes is, like, that compelling. No. Because the, like I had mentioned, the mystery, like, the solving of the mystery in this is not that great. Yeah. It's pretty ho-hum. Um, and so there wasn't anything there that was, like, garnering my attention of, mm-hmm. like, ooh, I want to see where this goes. I also don't want to see this podunk town. Yeah, <laughs> like, <exactly. laughs> yeah. it's pre- it, The movie is gritty, and I guess that's, like, kind of to its fault in the sense that like I don't want to live in this this world this anymore. world yeah I don't want to keep watching it so there isn't really like an escape yeah yeah so no no <laughs> no thank you so I'll go into my rating then okay I didn't hate this yeah I feel like it sounds like I hated it no no because no. I felt very strong opinions about things I did like this film and I do think Sidney Poitier is great I think I mean my boy Norman Canadian Gets a shout out because it is nice to see this like gritty, sweaty film about gritty, sweaty Mississippi and gritty, you know, like it is. We love grit. We love sweat. (laughs) Yeah. It just feels very like it's nice to see this, especially after I think two weeks of such prim and proper white musicals. Musicals? Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to see something that feels a little bit more grounded Mm -hmm. and especially in such a stacked year, arguably, like this is a pretty impressive year. Yeah. To get that nomination and then to get that win on top of beating The Graduate, it is impressive. And I I do think that this movie is on the side of history because it's. I'm glad that, you know, a movie involving a Black character won sooner than later. Yeah. The Graduate is the better film. Mm-hmm. End, of, mm-hmm. end of conversation. The Graduate has a lot, a lot more relevance today. It has a lot more importance. It has a lot more depth. This doesn't have any depth, actually, because essentially it does what Crash does and says that racism is wrong. You don't shouldn't be racist and does no nothing else. We don't get insight into why these people are racist, what they've, you know, we don't get any like we don't get any depth about the racism. We don't get any like what's what is Tibbs dealing with? Mm-hmm. What what are the why are the people like they you know what I mean? There's just yeah. nothing. It's just black man, racist town. Plop. That's it. It's plop. Yeah. It's, and there's nothing else about it. So it is quite pedestrian in that that way. And it's essentially like saying, you know, racism is enough 
to give this murder mystery some weight. Because like yeah. you're saying, the mystery itself is quite bland. Yeah. And that first hour that deals with, you know, the his arrest and, you know, the racism and all of that, it zooms by, man. Mm-hmm. It goes so quickly in a good way. You're just, de- you're like knee deep in it. And then suddenly the mystery kicks in and you're kind of like, oh. oh. And so it does really slow down. The mystery itself, there's no shock or awe or surprise or anything interesting. It's just kind of a mystery that's solved. So, you know, again, it did deserve best picture. It wasn't the best picture of the year, though. That still goes to The Graduate. And I think that will remain The Graduate for a long time. And I don't think up until, I mean, we'll see. I don't think up until, like, do the right thing do we start to see what racism looks like. Like the... Not necessarily an explanation, but like an understanding, like how racism is born. The complexity. The complexity of racism. This doesn't have that complexity. I do think that that's me in 2023 saying that. Mm-hmm. So I get that. And so I, I, I do need to weigh that as, as a film itself, as a piece of art that I've experienced and watched a couple of times. I think it's fine. It's interesting. I did not hate this. I enjoyed it. It's short. There's a mystery. There's black people. There's, you know, good acting. There's great music. Quincy Jones did the music. Ray Charles wrote the songs. Like, it's 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 an experience, and it's a good experience. Yeah. So I'm going to settle on three and a half. Oh, wow. That was higher than you thought? Yeah. Okay. Higher than I thought. Okay. Okay. Because The Graduate is a solid four. Yes. the gra- For me as well, The Graduate yeah. is a four. I watched this in the perspective of like, okay, let's say I'm in 1967 because I kind of had a feeling going into it like I'm on TikTok all the time. (laughs) I know what the kids are saying um, and I know that we love to cancel everything, but I wanted to be in the perspective of like, I'm in 1967. I'm going into the theater. I'm seeing this movie that I haven't even seen a trailer for. What is this like for me? And I was so fascinated by seeing this black man on screen lit well (laughs) going through this journey and a lot of those scenes of him being arrested having this talk back with the cops of like Mm -hmm. no like you don't understand you're making a huge mistake that felt still very relevant to today and was interesting to see and i also was watching this with my 75 year old father sorry dad to to expose (laughs) your age there and i asked him i was like what because he watched this I don't know if he said he watched it in 67, but he watched it within, like, a few years of it being out. And I asked him, what was it like to see this at that time? And my dad is a man of very, very few words. But he said, it was interesting. And that (laughs) that tells me everything I need to know of what that experience was like. Because my dad says very few things are interesting. And I, my dad, also a person of color, probably had never, like, seen a um, black man on the screen like that in a yeah. way. And my dad was like, Sidney Poitier is a great actor. He thought, like, he kept going on and on about Sidney Poitier. And I was like, I get it. I know. Okay. Let's watch the movie. <laughs> Stop talking, Dad. Right. Like, we got, I have yeah. to figure out if yeah. I like this or not. And I think that says so much about this film, even though the screenplay could use some work, that mystery is not fun that mystery and like i'm sorry even if it's a murder it has to be fun there has to be some sort of like attraction there but this is a movie about racism that is still entertaining yeah and something i would rewatch 
again and again. And so I get why it wins over the graduate. I know it's about race, but it's it's like you said, if it was the reverse, we would be saying this should have won. And I think it's so good that we at least have this. Because imagine if we didn't have it. And where would we be today if we didn't have In the Heat of the Night winning? That being said, like as a movie on its own, it's not that (laughs) great. Like it's pretty... Ho-hum. I think it's great that it sort of sets the tone for like what's to come for the 70s mm-hmm. and that in itself is kind of spectacular. Yeah. And I can see why this would be spectacular back then in 1967. Mm-hmm. But me watching it today, I do think there are some things that could be fixed, some things that could be edited, some yeah. things that could be added in. I think that mystery needs some tweaking. And so I landed on it being a solid three. Really? Yeah. How is that so weird? How did you end up giving it a lower rating than me? I don't. Well, like by half a star. But still, Mitha. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of surprised. I think that, like, as a movie, there's more that could be done. The real, like, those two and a half stars are the fact of how, like, important it is and how. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I got to three and a half, though. Oh, interesting. I don't think that it's that great that it pushes me. I also think the first half is really good. Yes. That's really, it's easy to set up a good mystery. How are you going to keep your audience going? That's what's hard. Yes. But I think, I can't think of any of them right now. But also, it's also, (laughs) it is sometimes hard to set up a good mystery. I think it's easier to intrigue people than to... Like, have them have a lasting impression. I, I wouldn't say that it's... But I, I think what like, you think said... Like, think Knives Out. Oh, it's not all Knives Out, though, Mita. But that's, like, the most recent mystery we can think of. And I'm not saying Glass Onion. I'm thinking Knives Out. Yeah. It is interesting to see... The, okay, sorry. Spoiler alert for Knives Out. You see Christopher Plummer's character kill himself. Yeah. And then you're figuring out how that... Is that that is intriguing in yeah. itself. What keeps you staying is this sort of like psychosis that the Ana de Armas character is going yeah. through of like trying to help <laughs> the investigator, yeah. but also realizing like she is the reason why he is dead. But then, oh, wait, he is not the reason why. Like it's yeah, so sure. added complexity to it. That's what keeps someone going. That's like what's going to get you through the marathon. No, for sure. But if you watch something like Chinatown, which is closer in time to something like In the Heat of the Night... The murder, the, the setup is itself is actually quite simplistic and complicated. It's the payoff that makes that movie actually much more interesting. Mm. It, I have to rewatch it. I've only seen it the one time. <laughs> oh, you should. I'm, can't, I'm not remembering the middle of that movie right now. I mean, there's a lot that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but I, I, that's fascinating. Yeah. Because I was totally expecting you to give it a higher rating. No, I'm putting it at three. Okay, three and a half for me. There you go. I'm sticking to it. Me too. Mm. What else? Am I racist? <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what this says about you. I'm less racist than you. That's what the star rating of In the Heat of the Night does. Okay. TikTok, listen up. <laughs> oh, before Mita gets canceled, let's play our game. Okay. Mita. Yes. Last week, you had me connect Wakanda Forever. Yes. To Triangle of Sadness. <laughs> yeah, good job, Nadim. <laughs> this week? Yes. Okay. This is going to be tough. Oh, great. Okay. There's one very easy way to do this. Okay. You're going to connect <laughs> the Sadness Triangle. Yes. To All Quiet on the Western Front. There is one very easy way to do this, but you have to know that thing. Uh- <laughs> so your timer starts now. 
I don't even know, because I know it. Where is that director from? He's not from Germany. He's Dur- from Sweden. I, no. Who for Triangle of Sadness? Yeah. yeah, he's Swedish. I don't even know where to. I can't even name anybody in all quiet. Okay. <laughs> You're at twenty seconds. Yeah. I can give you one giant hint. Sure. You're at. Try it, but like I'm not. I'm gonna fail. Daniel Bruhl is in this. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to do something you're not going to like. But <laughs> Okay, Woody Harrelson yeah. is in Triangle of Sadness. He's also in um, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri yeah. with Barry Keough, who is in The Eternals, mm. uh, which is a Marvel Cinematic Universe film, mm-hmm. which is produced by Kevin Feige, mm-hmm. who also produces Captain America uh, Civil War with Daniel, Daniel Brühl. Brühl. Yeah. Okay, go. thank you. I forgot Daniel Brühl is in it. Yeah. Is that how you got there? No, actually. But you got 58 seconds okay. with my hint. Thank you. But <laughs> Thank you for the hint. But like, that was... I know, I know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I did, yeah. When I was watching it, I saw his face and I was just like, I've seen you somewhere, but I have no... And then I had to look it up on IMDb to be like, oh, you're Daniel Brühl. Yeah. Woody Harrelson was in The Hunger Games. Yes. With one Liam Hemsworth. Okay. And Liam Hemsworth's brother, Chris Hemsworth, was in a movie called Rush oh, with Daniel, Daniel Brühl. His brother was also Thor. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we take it back to the Marvel Universe. But Everything gets back. You also know that like, when I throw you into a corner by doing this, this is coming right back, back to me to next you. to me. So, so I'll be nicer. Exactly. Um, will you? We'll I'll try. Out. I'll try. Because, uh, Amitha, what are we watching next week? Next week, we are watching Oliver! Oliver! Exclamation point. Yeah. Not just Oliver. Yeah. Oliver! <clears throat> That's what we're watching. Yeah. Back to a musical. There we go. There you go. Mita, do you have any obvious parting words for us? I do. They call me Mr. Tibbs! He, that wasn't as angry as... He was a little too angry, actually. He's more... I'm, yeah, like, he's a little bit I'm more, like... Angry? Yeah, he's a little more, more indignant. They call me Mr. Tibbs! It's hard. It's hard. It's a very, yes. That's why That's, <laughs> that's why an Academy he, Award-winning director, yeah. yeah. I mean, actually. Director, but not... But he didn't get an Oscar for this. But he won for Lily. Lily okay. Lily's in the field. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for... Oliver! Hooray! See you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by no one. You can send us an email at moviestowatchpod at gmail.com, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at moviestowatchpod, and check out our litter box at movies, the number two, watch pod. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell Kevin Bacon.